back for another exciting episode of The Spicy Life. I am your host and relationship expert and founder of The Spicy Life, Spicy Mari, and joined with me uh, to help facilitate an amazing show on the spicy fundamentals because we've been having a five-part series, S-P-I-C-Y. I have the beautiful and lovely Shelly Adrian. The crowd goes wild. The crowd goes crazy. <laughs> the crowd of one. <laughs> Today's episode is about communication because C is what S-P-I-C-Y, the C in spicy stands for, and it's for communication. And uh, we actually had some technical difficulties with communication, <laughs> trying to uh, get this to record because we've been out of studio. So we worked it out and we're going to facilitate an amazing conversation on why communication is so important in relationships. Yes. I'm really excited to talk about this because communication is vital to a good relationship. So you, I think, are an expert at this subject. And I wanted to ask you first, in your opinion, what makes an effective communicator? So there's several elements to effective communication. What makes a good communicator is able to incorporate these elements in communication, but most importantly, understanding whom you're communicating with. Mm. So I would say first and foremost is understanding that your communication is a form of self-expression no matter what channel you're using that through. But a good communicator understands, like I said, audience assessment, and they do that in advance before they deliver their message. So audience assessment would be, what are the audience expectations about what you're going to say? Do you have a great knowledge on the topic? Uh, What's their attitude towards the topic? What's the size of your audience? Because if it's one-on-one, you're going to use Uh, different tools in order to deliver your message versus if it's a large audience, you may use a microphone or um, stand on the stage. Uh, Another part of a good communicator is knowing the demographics. Um, So how does this person that you're delivering this message to identify themselves? How do they see themselves? Does their age, gender, um, background play into how they're going to receive your message? Uh, The setting and location, are there distractions when you deliver this message? And then uh, are they volunteering to hear this? Or are you pulling them to the side like, yo, I got a message for you and you're about to hear this. (laughs) That completely changes their ability uh, to be receptive to what you have to say if it's involuntary. Mm -hmm. And then also egocentricism. We don't really, you know, want to hear anything that we don't want to hear. And if the message isn't about us and something that pertains to us, we tune out. So taking all those into account, um, but also knowing who you are and who you like, what shows up about you when it comes to delivering your message, because if you're walking in with your own insecurities or your own fears or your own apprehension about the conversation, that also affects the message. You can practice a presentation all day long, whether it's it's time for us to break up or I think, you know, it's time for a commitment or um, something, you know, as big as a presentation that, you know, for the deck that you're about to pitch for work. If you're not confident in the message that you are about to deliver and you don't really stand behind it, then that's going to read through in your presentation and we might not buy into it. So you're so particularly when it comes to dating, it sounds like you're saying like, that know your audience is very important. <laughs> it goes across the board, whether it's like work, school, Everything. dating. You uh, but you, but of course, my specialty is in audience. relationships. But also, uh, to your point, if you don't have a sense of esteem or awareness about yourself, 
you're not going to know if you're communicating effectively or you're not going to be aware of your audience. You're not going to be mindful of how they're receiving the information. So Correct. that makes sense. So let's talk about your clients a little bit. So you obviously have you know, a pretty good, solid client base. You're working with people, teaching them how to communicate more effectively when mm-hmm. they're going and doing dating. But then also you as the, the coach also have to f- strategically figure out how you're going to communicate with them. So, <laughs> and everybody's going to receive information differently. So when you're communicating with your clients, like what is your communication style? And um, how do you find that balance sort of between tough love, which they need sometimes, and compassion when you're trying to communicate like, that you're trying to get them to the next level of where they want to be in their relationships. Oh my gosh, this is a great question because I know you have been working with the spicy life and witnessing this evolution of even myself of having an approach of like tough love and I'm spicy and this is how I deliver it to you and we don't have time for the glitter glue. I just need to make sure that you get all of the tools and that you practice them so that that way you can become effective and acquire what it is that your goal is maybe we should change it from we shouldn't call it tough love we should just call it spicy love (laughs) it's just spicy love (laughs) that has been my method because i do bring on more of this um masculine very assertive energy and the reason why it's a masculine energy is because it is more of um delivering than it is receiving where feminine energy would be the receiving Mm. and so when i am dealing with clients one thing that I've been constantly working on with self is the empathy and nurturing component because my communication style, my spicy communication style when it comes to them doesn't fit across the board. Not every single person is as receptive to the message that I'm trying to deliver about why they need to potentially improve this part of their life or work on this about themselves so that they can be more effective in achieving whom they want when they want them. And I've had to be sensitive and really work on delivering the information in a way that feels more like they're eating fruit than vegetables. Mm -hmm. Because it's harder to digest your vegetable. Like you just, you may not really be feeling like eating veggies. You really want to have dessert. And I have to give you still what's good for you. So that's why I'm saying like fruit. Um, But at the same time, I have had to do some self-reflection on, okay, how can I make sure that they're still getting what they need in a way that they'll be receptive to it. And so I am very hands-on and I do the work with you when you're, you know, struggling with some challenges of doing it on your own. But when I tailor my message specifically to what that particular person needs, I find that the results are much better and they're more receptive than just trying to communicate with them the way that I would like to receive communication or the way that I've grown accustomed to delivering communication. Because at the end of the day, my goal is to make sure that you have a healthy and successful experience when it comes to dating and relationships. And although I may have your best interest in mind, if you don't necessarily trust that, because you shut down because of my message. Mm-hmm. Now I'm less effective. Now I'm in my feels and taking it personal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I'm doing the one thing that, you know, I was trying to avoid, yeah. which was like the, you know, emotional component. Yeah. It's just like kind of ironic because you are learning how to communicate effectively as a coach, but then your clients also need to learn how to communicate more effectively to tell you what they need as clients. So that's kind of an interesting um, relationship that <laughs> like the relationship within the relationship coaching. Uh, there really is, though it's yeah. funny that you say that too, because I 
had a client that we were not for for some reason I couldn't get through. I couldn't get through. Someone who always got through and who was more influential in her life, her entire life, was her mom. Mm -hmm. And so because I couldn't get her to tell me how she really felt about something, for a slight second, I took on the role of her mom. Mm -hmm. And then she pushed back. And I was like, that's what I've been waiting for, your truth. I'm in this moment, like doing X, Y, and Z. And she was like, wow, that was deep. Like, (laughs) But it, it was crazy because then she was able to see like oh my god like because there was also parallels between her behaving in a way uh, behaving in a way for someone whose behavior she didn't approve of but then at the same time was respected by her but then at the same time she was becoming her Mm -hmm. like her communication style was becoming her so in order to show that i had to mirror her and that was the only way to get through. But it's like there's a whole psychological component to it as well. Yeah. But with anything in life, you want to know who your audience is. And so because I knew her so well, I had to stop and say, okay, what's not clicking? What's not working for her right now? And how do I need to improve on self in order to be effective with her? I'm going to just keep trying until we make it click. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, it's so funny because it kind of leads into my next question. But it's so funny that we uh... – we have such resistance to the mirror because we don't want to see ourselves acting <laughs> yes. that way and performing like performing in a certain way. And so whenever that comes up, we're like, we have such a guard about it, but it's like, I'm just reflecting back to you what you're, you know, I'm giving you what you're giving me, but people don't like to be spoken to necessarily in the way that they speak to people. So back to that point. Well, that happens part. all the time though. Like yeah. you in relationships, that's exactly yeah. what happens in our relationships. Exactly. They start treating us the way that we treat them. Like, and then we're like the audacity. Right. Exactly. That's real. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, into my next question, I know you've been incorporating a little bit more of a focus on like understanding frequency and vibration and things like that. And it's exciting. And I'm going to talk about that a little more in the yes episode. Cause yes. I feel like that's, you know, very, like it's a really good part of it. Um, a lot of the times people are afraid to communicate their wants and needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just feel like others won't receive it. They don't know how it's going to come out. Can you talk a little bit about fear in communication and why people kind of need to overcome their fear when it comes to communicating their needs. Okay. So that is a heavy question because we're also dealing with your life experiences and how those have, so your family, which is the, your genetic DNA, Mm -hmm. also your environment, the home that you were grown into or that you were born into. And then the events that have happened in your life when it comes to communication. So if you have had a pattern or a history of communication effectively working for you or not, and you've been met with rejection when you express yourself or you were raised in a household that didn't welcome or appreciate your opinion on the matter. If you grew up in a household that was, oh, children are supposed to be seen and mm-hmm. not heard. Which a lot uh, of us Yeah, a lot of us. Like our parents weren't sitting around the table like what's your theory on my parenting right so <laughs> you imagine what progressive parents right that that's what we're going to be that's what we're uh, you know aspiring yeah, like, to be we need to do a family check-in yeah and, sure and everybody's needs we should be yeah. like parents and children should be checking in with one another like right. hey so how do you feel like i'm doing on my job children should be able to give their parents progress supports and be like hey yes. these are the areas of improvement i think that you you know as a child i feel like these are the areas <laughs> yeah. where we can you know do some you know the parents vice versa like it's yeah. not a one-way street pair yeah. should be doing the same like right. hey i will give you more freedom and you know liberty yeah. if you 
can you know build trust in this area exactly so yeah those conversations should be going on but those yeah. three elements environment genetics and then also your experiences shape and mold like how you deliver and send information and what makes you comfortable there's also um additional elements such as culture mm -hmm. um and whether you were raised in a culture that applauded freedom of speech um in addition to you know what has happened most importantly in previous experiences in relationship mm -hmm. if you were met with disdain or not people were not receptive to your communication or you were someone that was even laughed at like there's so many different things that could happen but it all affects your psyche when it comes to is it even worth the trouble because in the past when i tried this or so it makes us shut down mm -hmm. and now we're operating from a place of fear which right. you guys know how i do not fuck with fear i hate fear um but it, we're operating from a place of not getting our needs met right. because one we're afraid to ask for it right. and when i say ask for it there's a way that you have to also once again assess your audience because some people are like okay well i'm going to try and just ask for it well that person you knowing how they are isn't going to be receptive to the way that you asked for it sometimes you do have to make people think that it's their own idea mm -hmm. when you're trying to achieve something other times you can be straightforward because people can't read in between the lines, but you have to really understand the situation and everything needs to lead back to what is the goal. If in this moment, me saying this to you isn't going to help me achieve my goal, however, me delivering it later will, or if, you know, me saying it this way will achieve my goal, or, you know, maybe I don't need to necessarily be emotional in this moment because it makes you shut down because you're not receptive to mm -hmm. it. Maybe I need to, like, you really need to tailor your message and choose the way that you're going to deliver the information so that that way you can get across to the person. Yeah. And to your point, I think learning those skills also helps um, to build esteem and kind of get your sense of power back. Because to your point about yes. like our childhood environments and cultural things like that, it's very easy to feel a sense of powerlessness when your opinion is not valued or when all the decisions are made for you. Or if you push back, you end up getting like with like you're getting slapped or like a parent yeah. like being like you're on timeout or like your opinion doesn't matter here um or even in just like your your friendships or just like a a general fear like a general holding of powerlessness feeling like your wants or needs will not be met so like you said the effective communication is a really good way to sort of develop your like regain your power and a sense of agency over your life so well there's a uh, exercise too that i do with my clients where we go through a list of experiences that they had where of course it's like the tell me about a time but mm -hmm. um they have to map out for me different things that they asked for mm -hmm. and what was the response was mm -hmm. it answered with a yes was it answered with a no why or why not and majority of the time you'll find that when you are direct and ask for what you want you usually get it but the way that we have learned to perceive it because we have received a lot of no's we start to only remember the no's and we forget the yeses. Mm -hmm. So the reason why that we have to do this recall is because it will only prove the point of when you speak up for self and when you ask for what you want, your needs are usually going to get met, um, whether it's mental, physical, and the spiritual realm, like whatever you ask for, it will get met. But the most important part is you believing that it's going to get met. Right. But if you don't even ask, you are not going to get fed. <laughs> like <laughs> closed mouths do not get fed. True all the time. Um, so when you're working with clients, do you put more of a value on verbal communication or nonverbal communication? Or what is the balance between both? How What role does nonverbal communication play in you sort of creating and like sort of 
working with clients. So all the forms of communication are extremely important. The, the main elements are interpersonal communication. Um, and that is when you are face-to-face -face communicating. Mm -hmm. um, and then verbal communication, of course, is vocally. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, well, Nonverbal is the body language. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So how much emphasis in that in your program? do you? Because there's so much. What they say, like the majority of our communication is nonverbal, right? Right. So, um, and we'll talk a little bit about the apps and the, like all that other stuff, the online things in a minute. But when you're coaching your clients on like how to go on a date or how to just carry themselves in the world and the workplace and whatever, uh, what sort of steps do you take with clients to help them learn about how they are, how their body language and how their, their aesthetic and things like that are what, like so, what that's communicating to people. Sorry. I just, I was going into like the different forms of communication. Oh, okay. Um, but I understood your question. Uh, what I was trying to get to was, there's various forms of communication. You need to practice all of them. And the ones that are okay. under practice, just as the nonverbal communication, we we don't pay as much attention to. Mm -hmm. And so although you may even say, hey, I want true love, you can you can verbally communicate that. But if you're not going through the motions and behaving in a way that expresses that, mm -hmm. I don't believe you. Mm -hmm. And so what starts off as them describing to me or verbally communicating with me what it is that they're desiring and what their needs are what I do is take it a step further and say okay based on what you're saying now show me how can how are you showing me how are you showing the world prove it and if the actions aren't in alignment with speech now there's a problem because what I'm picking up on is what the rest of the world is picking up. There's right. a Actions disconnect. Than words. Yeah. And just like how that's how you grow to trust somebody is when they say something and then they follow up with that action or they show that it's the same thing when it comes to nonverbal. You say that you want a man, but you never make eye contact. Mm -hmm. You say that you uh, really want, you know, true love with a woman, but then you, you know, go to work talking about, you know, women ain't ish. Like mm -hmm. there's these disconnects when it comes to, you know, what you want and what you believe and it's really once again about belief so what i work on with them is everything from a physical standpoint it turns back into america's next top model um when it comes to <laughs> uh, when it comes to their <laughs> body language because although they may be self-aware when it comes to their friendships and their career they're not when it comes to their personal life and when it comes to dating because that's the part of their life that usually is swept under the rug and because it's, they've been telling themselves that it's harder, they pay less attention to it and they work on it less because they've already pushed it to the edge of the plate as the food that they don't want. Mm -hmm. And so what we now have to do is retraining because you also need to know how to get the attention and communicate with the person in which you desire. And it's not all verbal. You, It's not enough to just say it. It is in flirtation it is in you know you creating this desire amongst you guys and expressing that in your body language and even in what you have on and how you're presenting yourself yeah and how you communicate even digitally yeah it's like uh you know that scene in hitch where he walks up to eva mendez and he's like kind of reading her and he's like you have glasses on, you mm -hmm. had this, you're, you're turned this way. Like you clearly don't like everything about you says that you don't 
want like you've had a hard day at work and you don't want anybody approaching you or yeah. yeah you know what I'm talking about <laughs> you have this yeah, but he anyway. yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, I was going to ask since we're talking about nonverbal communication a part of your program is that you update your clients Instagram accounts yes why do you do that <laughs> <laughs> and what role does social media play in communication or in uh in this case like finding a partner because honestly i get so many people who are like i don't want to meet online i want to have true love and meet you know in person so a part of communication or at least what we forget because and let me clarify there's communication that does require interpersonal and then there's broadcasting right two completely different things but Media is a part of communication because it is another way that you can send your message. Um, sending your message and whether your message is delivered, whether it hits home, is very different things. But the communication channels that and the trends that affect you do play into modern day dating. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes we think that if we bring our authentic self to the table or, you know, this is this is what I'm just going to, you know, post because this is how I feel, you know, that isn't the message that really truly represents you the best. We're extremely confident when it comes to our jobs and mm -hmm. presenting the best when it comes to our interviews. And when it comes to, you know, that boardroom and making sure that we nailed that presentation and, you know, well, I did this and I did this because we know like a potential promotion is coming up when it comes to broadcasting, how fabulous we are online, all of a sudden now we're kind of like humble when it comes to the dating world. Mm -hmm. So part of the reason why I do IG is because you can tell the people who care and the people who don't care. Just like when I go onto your online profile and I can see when you care and you don't. Yeah. yeah. If you put no effort in that, it shows, especially when I can look at you and see like, oh my God, you present so much more amazing. You speak so much more amazing. And people get frustrated because they're like, well, I don't present as well online. I just want to meet in person because the person can't really feel my energy. They can't, you know, see my body language or feel my nuance. Well, I get that, but this is the way that in the trend of how we connect now, because you can't be all places at once. And I can only run up to so many people and go through my profile so many times to set you up. We need to make sure that we use all the tools that are available to us. And so part of why I redo the IG is because we take more time with our LinkedIn account yeah. than we do our personal pages, our social pages, which when people are on your online dating profile or in the apps and they're looking and swiping, they also want more than what that thing is giving them. They feel like they're getting extra bang for their buck when they get additional insight. It's like that free little gift at the bottom where they can see more photos of you and more videos of you. Mm -hmm. So they click on your IG because it's attached to all of the apps now. They click on your IG and they go to your other page because the other page is what makes them feel like they can get additional insight into your life and what's really going on with you. But then when they go to that page, it may not present and mirror what you had on your um, online app. Yeah. And so now there's a disconnect of like, okay, well, who really is this person? Um, because there is where you're going to have more photos with friends and family and you get on your actual dating profile. You're not going to put all that in there. Yeah. Not enough room. Huh. 
So I just clicked in my head. It's the oh, same good. reason. Well, it's the same reason. It's the, your point about the LinkedIn page. You can go on somebody's LinkedIn page and their work resume is popping. Like yeah. you look at their work resume and it's popping. They worked at this company and that company. They have this degree and that degree. But then in the same way that employers will go on your social media and see like, who is this person really? They'll go on your Facebook right. and they'll go on your, like, why wouldn't a potential partner do the same thing and be like, oh, wow, they're dating profile is popping but let me see who they really are let me go on their facebook or let me go on their instagram and check on these credentials a little <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, let, me, let me look at this like, yes that makes perfect sense and yeah. so if you have like and this is this is a superficial part if you have like old photos on there unflattering yeah. stuff then you're like well i don't want to just present my best version like i want them to see my true authentic self what do you mean you don't want them to see your right. best version? You wouldn't do that on a job I, you're Right. You would not put it. Got fired in 2019. You're not going to put that. So, you know, and I just don't think that we put as much care and confidence in our presentation when it comes to our apps and when it comes to our social that we do when it comes to our career. And yeah. the brands don't need to necessarily be exact it's not like every single photo on your ig needs to be professional what i'm saying is that if whoever your authentic self is give us the best version of that and put them in both places mm -hmm. it doesn't it, but not to the point where you you and I, i'm sorry i'm a, I actually if you aren't capturing moments of your true lifestyle then replay those yes re, capture if you can't cap in if the moment you are skydiving or you are rock climbing and you're like oh i can't take a photo in this moment because i'm actually wanting to live in the right. moment live in that moment but then take your ass back up there do a, a two-step climb and take a photo of that <laughs> so at least i know that you are yeah. active and yeah. you enjoy rock climbing mm -hmm. so it, we can market you because you at the end of the day uh, as much as i love you as a human being you are you are my product mm -hmm. <laughs> and i need That's evidence true. that you're fabulous side note little side tangent what if you just don't know how to take good photos if you, so that's the thing we think that it needs to be like these fabulous amazing professional it doesn't use portrait mode on your iphone and snap some clear photos it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to look like you know you just had a photo, photo shoot. shoot yeah and they're about to be on a magazine cover it what it needs to be is you smiling it mm -hmm. needs to be you know your eyes open you doing something that you enjoy and love because what we do is your photos are another form of communication it's what you want us to know about you so when you post what do i want this person to know okay i'm rock climbing and taking a photo of it because i want this person to visualize or I'm sorry, visualize. <laughs> That's not a word. Okay. I want this person to visualize. Yes, visualize. I was going to say envision, but then I was said visualize. I want this person to envision themselves with me while they're looking at this visual. Yeah. I want them to transport themselves in a position by me where they can now see where they fit into my life. Yeah. And that I live a life that is worth fitting into. I hear that. That makes sense. I was thinking about, to your point about the photos, because uh, I was thinking about like, what if you, because I was asking about taking good photos, like what if you are somebody who's really, really beautiful? Like what if you're a really beautiful woman, but you just don't know how to pose or you don't know how to like smile, like you're like, you're just awkward and you're don't know how to take a good photo. Well, like, that, so that's the thing is that we think that it needs to be these glamour shots, but it doesn't need to be just, so if you're cute, you're cute. If you, if, if you, as long as it looks like you're making some type of 
effort. You're not just like crushing your eyes. No. But your hair should be nice. You should be in bright colors. You should be not so much posy. Like, mm-hmm. ah, it needs to be. Like somebody's getting a glimpse into your inner world. Yeah. yeah. Like be doing something that you love. Yeah. Hold up a book. Definitely you you can use you. elements that you appreciate in moment mm-hmm. as long as you're holding still. But like it doesn't need to be. A st- it doesn't need to look like you are staging it in a mannequin pose. Yeah. Um. Because that is when you're getting into your head. Just think of, I'm happy. And take a photo saying that in your head. So that they can capture the essence of that. Because that's the most important part is, does this person look happy? Do they look like they have a great energy? And are they attractive? Yeah. Can you speak a little more? You talked about it a little bit already. But can you speak a little bit more on how the internet and online dating has just affected the world of dating and like specifically how it affects how people communicate like on the apps like when i'm messaging you you're messaging me like how does that whole can you talk a little bit about just how communication has changed since online dating apps? well from a from a cell phone perspective majority of communication has shifted from so much in person to now people actually prefer, I mean, not even in person, sorry, from phone calls to now people prefer text, mm-hmm. right? Majority right. of the population, over 80%, prefer to receive their communication via text. Yeah. Phone conversations are now saved for loved ones. Right. For it's like I call my mom. People who, yeah, <laughs> right, people yeah, who they're yeah. very close yeah. with. So when you're mom. starting off and practicing the, you know, the art of, messaging now we've mm-hmm. moved to the apps now we're messaging you know someone swiped on us or we liked a photo and now they're reaching out a lot of times what we don't have in our even real life in person are what i call spice breakers which are your opening introductions to get someone's attention and so those are you know where i ask the questions of like what's your favorite gift or if you could have any superpower like you hear us do them oftentimes when we're interviewing people yeah but having those spice breakers help build your confidence when it comes to what you're going to communicate. But people think that they lose, like I said earlier, this, oh, my authentic self doesn't come up um, when I'm texting. But the thing is, is you're thinking those thoughts that you're messaging. So when I receive that message via the messenger, and it's not funny, and it's not asking me an Mm -hmm. intriguing question. It falls flat. It falls flat. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're not a fall pl- a flat person, how did you think that thought? So don't tell me that <laughs> I'm so interesting and I'm so amazing in person. Okay, well, let that transfer over into your written word. Yeah. Write what you're actually thinking and present it in a way that will get that person's attention. Because if you're capable of doing that in person, you should be able to transfer it over. And a lot of times, because we think that these are two separate things, that we have to operate in two separate ways when it comes to text there is room and it is true there is room for miscommunication and misinterpretation which is why you should be capable of saying like oh let me clarify because i realize like that could have got misunderstood what the real true issue with online communication and using apps and using social media is that we're lazier Mm. we don't put as much effort into making sure that we send appropriate messages or that we're communicating effectively because we don't want to be there to begin with. We just want our mate. And so we're doing the bare minimum to be able to get that person. And if that person's not Mm. that interested, then we're like, okay, on to the next. 
Now, you shouldn't be racking your brain, losing yourself and losing sleep over someone messaging you back. That actually will send you into turmoil. <laughs> like if you are obsessed with that, what you should be doing, though, is putting effort into how many people you communicate with and making sure or at least try to hit a certain amount of numbers that day. Like, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself. This is not something that I'm that great with, but I'm going to practice. I'm going to message at least three people a day. Mm -hmm. And even if they don't respond, then I'm going to message three more. So that that way you're putting the energy out there to the universe that this is something that you truly do want and you're practicing and willing to work for it versus I think he's just or I think she's just going to fall on my lap and she's just going to confess her undying love to me message one. Makes sense. So I kind of want to ask a question. So you said something and I'm like spicy tip, spicy tip. <laughs> can you talk a little bit about the spice breakers? Like give, can you give us an example of some spice breakers? You gave a little bit. Can you you gave like one or two, like, what is the spice breaker? <laughs> what is, spice I, okay, so I, like at my matchmaking and speed dating events um, and my game nights, actually every event that I do, I have spice breakers, even spicy bingo. Um, I open up with a card that has like 20 questions on there based on SPICY and um, five questions per uh, each letter, mm -hmm. SPICY. And so it's five questions that are around self, like really getting to know who that other person is. And then five questions around passion, what that person is passionate about and, um, you know, intimacy, communication and, you know, yes. And so these are questions that you're armed with. You feel more confident when you know what to say to someone versus not having anything to say. And so it's, it's one thing, yeah, I get it. It's dating we have convinced ourselves that dating is challenging. Dating is not challenging. What it is, is we just don't have the proper tools and the right headspace or mindset to approach it. And so the way that you, just like how you would go into a job interview, if you're unprepared and you don't, and you haven't researched and studied, right. you know, the company, you're going to fall flat when they ask you, you know, well, what did you think about on that one project that we right. did? You would never take a midterm without studying for the test. I mean, some people do, but. Some people do, <laughs> and some people fail. <laughs> <laughs> But if you want to feel confident and increase your chances of actually presenting self to the best ability mm -hmm. and presenting things or even engaging in conversation about things that you're really interested in, map out some questions in advance, especially when you're online and when you're on the apps, that you could potentially ask someone in order to create conversation with them. Mm -hmm. If you're just like, hey, how is your day? So one thing you should know about me is I do not respond to that question. When someone texts me, hey, how was your day? Oh, really? Because you are asking such a general mm. question that now I have to actually think <laughs> about what did I do today? What Like if you can get as specific as possible so that the person who's receiving that message now can just go to a quick one, two. What was the high of your day? What was the low of your day? Now, okay, I can tell you the best thing that happened to me today. Now I can tell you the worst thing that happened to me today. Then I get a chance to respond to either or. Now we have some communication flowing. That's just like one in particular, but it's more specific. And the reason why I encourage specificity is because once again, it's back to the imagery. It's back to using our imaginations and being able to paint a picture to someone and allowing themselves to visualize mm -hmm. themselves in our lives. Right. And so we're more interested in word that is colorful versus word that is left flat. 
Huh. We're going to turn that channel off. So when we're talking about genders, because you talk about visualization, and one thing we hear a lot is that men are visual. Correct. Right? Are women visual? And if so, are women as visual as men? And if so, how does that sort of change like the the strategy for, through which people should communicate? Like, should women be more intentional intentional about sending visual messages and men be more intentional about like saying sweet words? Like what is the, like what are the differences and how the genders communicate and how do you get past those kind of barriers or like how do you create those connections? Well, once again, it goes back to you knowing your audience. Mm -hmm. So yes, gender does play a role in how we have been raised and formed because we have grown up in different and we have been socially constructed to believe that we need to behave this way, mm -hmm. right? When it comes to gender, there's gender roles that play into account. And as much as we would like to break those roles and everybody be equal, the truth of the matter is, is women really, really <laughs> prefer, and this is going to be like 100%, I'm just going to be 100% superficial, you guys, because I've read so many studies on this. A woman will overlook your looks for security a man will not overlook your looks for security. Mm -hmm. And so however well a woman does her bio, however well she writes out, like she could, you could have additional master's degree in education. However, if you don't have attractive photos, and this is, it's unfortunate, if you don't have attractive photos, he doesn't care enough based on what you do in order to swipe on you because he's looking at, I have to look at this face every day. It may potentially breed with me. And when she does start acting up and starts becoming a tyrant, am I attracted to her enough to handle that? Because we all go, you know, we're women. We go through, you know, we go, we have bad days. We respond more emotionally oftentimes. When it comes to men, we may be like, ah! like looks do matter. Don't get me wrong. We do care about attractiveness. However, studies show that we will overlook the images that he has chosen and some of the things that he has even written about himself in his bio, if his career shows that he is somebody who has more of a prestigious position or a position that will provide security to our lives. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we can look in the mirror and get what we need when it comes to attractiveness. <laughs> We're women. It's okay for us to be vain. But when it comes to men and actually studies do show that men are men who are in relationships with women that they are more attracted to than the woman being more attracted to them women are actually happier when the man finds them attractive. more attractive than the woman finding the man those relationships are shown to be more successful and so it's 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 yes it's superficial where men not all men but majority men place their value when it comes to visual aesthetics it doesn't mean that we need to put a ton of paint on our face or be over the top when it comes to what it does mean is that we need to look happy and warm and welcoming and approaching approachable and post attractive photos. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's as simple as that. Is this photo attractive? <laughs> if you can't hire me and have me redo yours <laughs> and use the spicy life services, Ask a friend mm -hmm. or ask a male coworker. Don't just ask your best friend because she's going to say, you know, she might, she, you know, you're beautiful you no matter up, what. Yeah. yeah. Ask, a, ask a dude, like ask some, some guys, is this attractive? 
And then when it comes to men, please ask, because it's not fair that us women have to look at your like throwback friends cut out people like em emojis on faces like you guys really put no effort <laughs> into your profiles are not enough and so please so like women put ask. way more effort into their profiles than men do yes we are more invested mm. is it because we're looking for a mate and we're yes. looking for a long-term partner and men are just looking for fun we desire it... companionship we innately desire companionship as do men, however, they have not prioritized it the way that we have. Mm -hmm. And their sense of worth has not been told by society that it's based on their relationship status yeah. so that they have more time and, you know, they have the ability to yeah. be 40-something and still can go down the street and get a wife tomorrow. Right, and right. so there's a clock when it comes to, or at least a clock that has been put in our head but when it comes to our reproductiveness, our beauty, our worth, and the older that we get, we are oftentimes treated like we're devalued based on age. Mm -hmm. It's unfair. Would love to break that. Um, however, the truth of the matter is, is whether it's the truth or not, we still have it in our subconscious and we somewhat believe it. And so we carry ourselves in a way that makes us more anxious when it comes to seeking love, especially when we hit our mid thirties. It's mm, interesting. And back to the communication, verbal and nonverbal, men can pick up on that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Men can, men pick can up on tell that. when you are anxious. And then they pray off of it too. And they can leverage that to yeah. their benefit because they're like, oh, she's trying to. Yeah. Well, they know their audience. Yeah. Anytime you know your audience and can in a, and are reading your room mm -hmm. then now you're able to behave in a way that can take advantage of some of your fears hmm. interesting what do you got for me <laughs> well i was i was like that's the end of my questions but i don't want to end on fear so i need to come up with a, i know i hate that okay i don't want to end on that like, so let me talk to you guys then a little bit about how to improve your communication when it comes to a friend, when it comes to a lover, when it comes to how you guys are approaching and being the communicator. You have to find and test and try a method that works for you. Everybody has a different form of communication when it comes to verbal, nonverbal, body language, uh, even the way that you message, you have to try them all. Your writing skills, your personal skills where, you know, we talked about self. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go, you know, by all means, go back and listen to that. But at the end of the day, when it comes to you communicating, whether it's formal or informal, you're still presenting. It is still presentation. Even me talking to you right now, I can't see you guys, but I'm still presenting information to you. And so... I'm confident in who I am and I love the hell out of me and whether it lands or not lands, I'm still good knowing that the method that I have created in my communication works for me and the delivery and the audience that I'm trying to reach, which is why not every audience may be for me. So when it comes to dating, one thing that you have to do is try a different audience until you find the audience 
that works with your message. If you are not going to correct your message, you definitely want to try an audience that works for your message. Because the thing is, is everything's going to take work. When it comes to self-improvement, it's going to take work. So you're going to have to practice talking to the opposite sex or same sex, whatever it is that you are sexually attracted to or interested in, you're going to have to practice talking to that thing until you find something that hits home. When it comes to flirting, you're going to have to try practicing that. When it comes to body language and how you're sending your message, whether it's the way that you sit, whether it's the way that you push your lips, whether it's the way that you make eye contact, you're going to have to practice these things. And so one way to do that is smiling and saying hello to that gender that you prefer every single day. You know, when you are passing them on the street, when you're in the grocery store, when you are at work, just practice falling in love with what it is that you are trying to attract. And the way that you communicate that is by being friendly. And so if we could create a game plan for you, which is what I do in order to make my clients feel more confident, it starts with, okay, who are you as a communicator? What is the message that you are trying to send? What's the potential background noise that may happen to disrupt your message? Uh, what's the feedback that you usually get when it comes to this message? What's the context of the message? And what's the channel that we're going to deliver this message on? What's your, and by channel, I mean the physical means, how, how the message is transferred. Is it in person? Is it by telephone? Is it by text? And, or is it by social? So you have to take all those into account, especially when it comes to interpersonal communication. But if you don't practice public speaking or even speaking privately, you're not going to get better at it. And if you don't practice the other elements about what you tell yourself, how you feel about what you're about to speak, and if you really believe what it is that you're saying, then your message is not going to land and you're not going to be as convincing as you would like to be. And so, of course, a confident message is the best message that you can ever send, but once again, even confidence requires practice. So go back to self um, and passion <laughs> and intimacy so you can become more confident when it comes to your communication. Yes. <laughs> but Amen. there's a time and place for everything. And so once again, just uh, if you are going through something with a lover right now and you want to practice self-expression, make sure that you're coming from a place of right time knowing is this the appropriate time that this person can receive it who's my audience and is this the right environment to deliver this message and is it the right time in our relationship to deliver this message so that that way yes you are you know being sensitive to that but you're also making sure that you achieve your goal and that's the most important thing when it comes to communication what is my goal and what i'm sending mm -hmm. thank you spicy that was wonderful <laughs> Let them know where they can find you. You guys can always play with my Twitter or stroke my IG at SpicyMari and go to thespicylife.com. Sign up for a free consultation. Allow me to take you on this SPICY journey and uh, match you. And uh, Shelly, where can they find you? You can find me at Shelly Stamps, S-H-E-L-L-I-E dot S-T-A-M-P-S. You can also find me on my website, ShellyStamps.com. Alrighty. And you guys, this is the 
communication portion of SPICY, we have Yes coming up on the next episode. And then after that, we are back to interviewing other people in the relationship industry so that we can get more insight into how to be amazing at dating and uh, find love. And amazing at life. In and amazing at life. Having a spicy life. Having a spicy life. <laughs> All right, you guys. And there you have it. You have just been spiced. The Spicy Life.